Hello everyone and welcome to Being Naked, where we get to explore the gift of vulnerability. And my name is Venus Gaspar. And I am so excited to have today Amy Fairchild. Um, Amy Fairchild actually had me on her podcast recently and it was such a joy. I actually was thrilled at the, like, the, the concept of how much we laughed and how much we just enjoyed each other's company. And um, it's called The Encourage Project. I highly recommend you guys go check it out. Um, she really is just all about empowering people and encouraging people that they can choose something different, that anything is possible in their lives. And without further ado, thank you for being here, Amy. Welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I am thrilled to be here. I just, <laughs> you radiate joy. And like you said, I had so much fun talking to you on my show. I've been looking forward to this all week. So thank you for having me. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. And I wanted to ask about that podcast. So how did you get started with that? Um, <laughs> some things are, are by truly divine intervention. It literally came to me in a dream. Um, in February of 2020, I was awakened at, it was about 2.30 in the morning and a voice, if you will, a presence, whatever you want to call it, my inner knowing, whatever you want to call it, said, you need to start a podcast. And I'm like, what's a podcast? Number one. <laughs> and two, <laughs> what the hell am I going to talk about? <laughs> and, and it was one of those things that just, it stuck with me. And what I discovered over the a few months in just kind of exploring that, learning about podcasting and learning about really what it all entails, um, I thought, you know, I actually have a message. And it really fell in line quite nicely with my business, which is the Encourage Project. That's the name of my company as well. And so it has become an extension of my purpose and my business. But it was uh, it was not my doing. It was an idea that I felt compelled to follow. Oh, that's awesome. That's, it's interesting that you say that because I remember I used to live in Arkansas. I lived there for a couple of years. And when I was in Arkansas, I got the message to start teaching yoga. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're so not known for a lot of yoga. <laughs> Maybe there's a presence here that, right. that people need to come. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. So, Isn't that fascinating? Yoga for a long time. Yep. Um, wow. I don't do it anymore. But yeah, that was really... I thought that was cool. <laughs> uh, so on, on before, actually before the podcast, we kind of got to know each other a little bit. We were like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm, I was married in Arkansas and got divorced and left. Mm -hmm. And you were married and got divorced and moved back to Arkansas. Yes, <laughs> so I, thought, oh, I did. Kind of interesting synchronicity. Yes. Um, um, but I'm curious because a lot of people do, they look at divorce as something that's bad, something that's wrong, something that should not happen. And for those of us who have been divorced, we might see things a little bit differently. And I would mm -hmm. love if you'd be willing to share, like, what was your greatest gift out of your divorce? Sure. I think, I think before I answer that, one of the things that I would offer is... I get the initial struggle around divorce from the perspective that many of us, when we got married, got married in the context of um, traditions that we had grown up with. You know, um, you get divorced or you get married, you stay married forever. There's only one person and there's the one. And, and all of these things that we're conditioned to believe about 
marriage and divorce and relationships. And much of that, I mean, our parents and our caregivers raised us the way they knew how. So, you know, whatever. But but many of us were raised with a very um, narrow focus. And for me, I was raised the same way. I struggled with, oh my gosh, I've made this commitment to this person. How how do I break that commitment? How What does it make me look like? Am I a horrible person for not standing by my word and, and all these things? And for me, what I discovered the gift was, was in being true to myself and also allowing him to grow and fulfill what he is meant to do in this lifetime on this earth. And it, it is without me. And th- that was to me the greatest gift, being true to myself and, and, and really releasing myself from that person so that he could be true to himself ultimately and go on. I think that was probably the biggest thing. Yeah. That's beautiful. And what would you say, like, what would you say was kind of where you realized, Hey, I think I need to get a divorce. Like, like what was that awareness for you? For me, it was, well, it was a lot of things, but, but if I, if I, if I narrowed it down to a theme, it would be unmet expectations. And to be fair, expectations that I had difficulty explaining and setting. So, Mm. um, I married into, uh, I had two stepchildren that were teenagers when I married their father and I was so excited. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, now I'm going to have a family because I don't have any children of my own. And, um, I was excited about that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be great. And they're going to like my family and my family is going to like them and we're going to grow and it's going to do all these things. And I didn't know, I didn't know to have a conversation about where do I fall in your priorities? You know, you have two children, you have a mother of those children. Where do I fall in those priorities? I didn't know to ask that question and have that conversation. Mm. Things like, what do we do if your kid does something really out of line? Do I have any authority in, in disciplining your kids? Those kinds of conversations that I didn't know to have. Um, I would have had, and, um, it was, it was as I discovered that, that those expectations that I had weren't being met and, and to be fair, I didn't have any other tools at the time. I became very resentful and and very frustrated. I felt like over a period of time, I simply became a housekeeper, a cook and a paycheck. You know, I, I didn't have any authority. I didn't have any say I didn't. Um, I, I was not a priority and in a way that I wanted to be, let me be clear about that in a way that I wanted to be. And so when I realized that I actually intended to end that marriage far sooner than I ended up doing it. And I sat down and I had a conversation to the best of my ability at the time. And I was assured all the, Oh, well, it'll get better. And these things will change. And when the kids go off to college, it will be different. And I waited around a few years and the kids left for college and it wasn't any different. Um, Those things still persisted. And at that point for me, um, I had to make a decision around how much more time and effort am I willing to invest in trying to establish my role in this family and the things that I need from it? Or am I, am I willing to step away from that and start something new? And when I did that assessment to me, it was, it wasn't worth it to me anymore. I I was not willing to try to reestablish that after six and a half years, seven years um, to reset that expectation. And so 
I'm sure if he listens to this, this is probably some things that he's never even heard, frankly. Um, but, but I just wasn't willing to. And so then I had to ask myself, well, am I a horrible person because I'm, I'm unwilling. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a lot. That was a lot to sort through. But, mm-hmm. but that was when it kind of fell apart was the unmet and un, undiscussed expectations. Mm. Well, I think we have a lot of that in just in society in general, just Mm -hmm. expectations from what parents to children and relationships Mm -hmm. and even friendships to a degree, you know, Mm -hmm. so um, I, I wonder what you could maybe say to encourage our listeners that if they're in a relationship that maybe isn't working for them, what are some things that they could, they could Mm -hmm. do? Sure. And to be fair, all I can tell you is what I've experienced and what has helped me along my journey. I'm certainly not a relationship expert, um, but I am, I am an expert learner. (laughs) I'm really good at learning lessons. I've learned a lot of lessons. I, I, I would, the first thing I would say is, is be kind in cultivating your awareness. You know, it's so easy for us once there's a problem, many of us, I won't say all of us, it's so easy for many of us to, once we've discovered there's a problem or we're in a situation that isn't what we expected, mm-hmm. it's so easy to just beat ourselves up. Oh, well, I'm such an asshole. You know, I'm an idiot. I haven't done things right. Whatever, whatever. It's easy. And I get that. And it is difficult to say, you know what? I made the best decisions with the information and ability and knowledge that I had at the time. That's where I would begin just with a, a, a kind and gentle awareness, you know, and then the next thing would be to, um, and this is what really worked for me is I, I tried to become the objective observer in the situation. You know, my background is in project management. And so I, I am logically trained to deal in facts and I am logically trained to manage risk and those kinds of things. And so I I took a similar approach to my life and I said, okay, well, if I were over here and not all tied up in the emotion of it, what would I think of the situation? What, Mm -hmm. what is, what is helpful for me? What is harmful for me? And what are the things that I'm willing to continue? What are the things that I need to stop doing? And when I made a conscious effort to look a little bit more objectively, I found some things that I wanted to change. And so being gentle and creating the awareness and then taking as, as objective as you can, I get that it's difficult to be objective when you're in difficult situations and then saying, okay, well, if these are, if these are the facts, as I see them, if, if this is the situation as I perceive it, then what can I do to change it? If I want to change it, what do I have the knowledge, skills, abilities, and resources to change? And then I mapped out from that. Well, these are the things that I can change. These are the things that I cannot or am unwilling to change. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'm going to do next. And I and I kind of chipped away at it. And it, it and then, you know, it, it becomes a tipping point. You make enough progress toward what it is you want. You you ultimately have to jump. Mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, I had to have a conversation on a Saturday morning as we're sitting there drinking coffee that said, "I'm leaving." Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't just, for most of us, it doesn't just happen in one day I'm gone. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a progressive step to the edge and then you have to have a conversation, you know? So Mm -hmm. I guess to recap that it would be gentle awareness 
and trying to do an objective assessment and then chipping away at what are the things you can do and what are the things you cannot or are unwilling to do to move it forward. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. There's, um, in shamanism, I learned that there was, uh, like deal breakers. So there's yeah. certain, certain things that you cannot live without and you have to be aware of those, you mm -hmm. know, um, and it's different for everybody. Every single person has different deal breakers. And then, but, and in shamanism, they say there's only seven. I was like, there might be less than that, more than that, who knows? But it's like, just be clear on what it is that is true for you and you really mm -hmm. require. But then everything else that isn't a deal breaker is a compromise. Mm -hmm. It is where you are like, well, I'm not willing to end the relationship for this. So, but, so you have to kind of come to a compromise. <laughs> What's the compromise, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and again, this is, I love what you said. It's like chipping away at it. It's really just taking it little by little, conversation by conversation. Um, and you'll see when you start to have those conversations with your partner, whether they're willing to change some of those deal breaker things or not. And if they're mm -hmm. not, then you, you know, you have your, your awareness. So, yeah. um, and thank you for saying that, that gentle kindness sure. thing was like really melt my heart because that's so true i mean we like don't judge yourself don't make yourself mm -hmm. wrong um it, we all deal with stuff and it, like that's the point of this podcast even it's like you know we're all experiencing stuff we don't have to bleed on everybody about it but we can all go through it and realize we're not we're not in this world alone whether yes. that's a divorce or um, getting fired from your job or having to leave a job, you know, like they're, they're all challenges that we go through. And the encouragement today is that you're not alone in whatever mm -hmm. it is that you're going through. Mm -hmm. I think, I think what I would add, there's two things that I would add to that. One of the things is what you and I talked about the last time we talked, which is having choice. Mm -hmm. you always have a choice. It doesn't feel like it sometimes. And I get that. It feels like there are no choices. I get that. But choosing to believe that there are no choices is in fact a choice. Mm -hmm. Choosing to stay paralyzed, choosing to stay immobile is a choice. And I'm, I hate to break it to you, but it is. And <laughs> it is. And I get that it can feel like the only one at the time, but it is a choice. Yeah. And I think the other thing that I would say is and you kind of you, you mentioned this um about you don't have to, to bleed all over everyone i think there's a part of that that says you also don't have to share what you're going through with anyone because every time you share something you are inviting whether you consciously do it or not you are inviting a person's opinion mm -hmm. and there comes a time when you're making big decisions in your life whether it's a divorce or a marriage or a move or whatever the hell it is the more input you seek the more chaotic it becomes to make the decision. Sure. And so choose wisely those people with mm -hmm. whom you share what you're going through and be very clear, going back to setting expectations, be very clear what you expect them to give you in return. Mm -hmm. Say up front, hey, I'm going through some really tough shit right now and all I want to do is vent. Mm -hmm. Don't say a word. <laughs> Stop talking and let me vent. Or, hey, I really value your input. Let me share with you what's happening. And I'd love to hear what you think. And I think, you know, we, we we share with a lot of people because there's a part of us that wants the comfort and the sympathy and, and the loving, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. 
but just choose that so wisely because mm-hmm. everyone has a perspective and they're all going to be different. And unless you're willing to truly entertain each person's opinion, mm-hmm. don't ask for it. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> don't. That is really good advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Be very selective in who you talk to about. Yeah. And, and I guess what I want to also emphasize here for the being naked is that we actually share things that we have gone through. Mm-hmm. We are not necessarily sharing the things that we are going through yeah. because it, it is that you have so much more awareness and so much more acknowledgement of what you got out of your lesson, out of your challenges when they're over. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah. keeps us from the bleeding piece, right? Yes. You know, we're yes. Not yes. Crying on everybody, but we're just like, okay, I'm going to go through this. I'm going to get to the other side and then I'm going to share what tools and awarenesses and gifts I got out of it. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Um, and to encourage then if you are somebody who's in the thick of it, in the thick of anything, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not alone. So yeah. Um, I named this episode, the universe conspires for you, never against you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would love to hear what, what that means to you. Oh my gosh. I know it to be true. And I did not know it was truth until probably three years ago ish. Mm-hmm. So I I was divorced in 2016. I think that's right. <laughs> and I spent a year floundering and all the things. And I just got so tired of my own floundering and wallowing and whatever. And and I'm not saying that everyone gets to that place or everyone wallows, but I did. And I got tired of myself. And so, <laughs> so I decided to do something different. And so I, I took a, a love and relationships course and I did some, I did several things to cultivate better communication skills, better abilities to have boundaries and all different kinds of things. And I was told through that process of learning that, that when you become who you are meant to be, you will attract that which is meant for you. And part of that learning was, you know, looking at the people I had dated and the people I had been in relationship with and the person I was married to and seeing what I had put out into the universe, if you will, to attract those kinds of people. And I realized that, that for me, the relationships that I had chosen throughout much of my adult life were people who needed to be saved, people who had really low self-esteem, people had, who had lots of, of history and, and, you know, baggage to unpack and work through. And the reason I learned that I was attracting that is because it's what I had. And also I didn't feel I deserved any more than that. I didn't feel that I deserved, you know, someone who is a, is a good communicator and who loves without limit and who is kind and supportive and funny as shit and all different kinds of things. I didn't think I deserved those things because I thought I was a piece of shit, frankly, at, at mm-hmm. one point. And so in learning that, what I discovered is that as I became the person I know I am designed to be on this earth, everything around me changed. 
Everything around me changed. My friendships changed. My relationships with coworkers changed. The way that I show up in the world. And, and I have been a person the vast majority of my life. In fact, my mother would tell you this ever since I was a little kid. I'm that person who is always optimistic. Um, not always, 99% of the time. I am an <laughs> optimistic person. I am outgoing. I am sunshiny. I'm all those things. And I, my outside was not always in alignment with the inside. And so once those came into alignment, things just started happening. Mm -hmm. And the Encourage Project is one of those things. And the people that I date now and the people who are attracted to me now are people that, that are phenomenal partners mm -hmm. potentially for me you know? Mm -hmm. So I know, to answer your question, I know that the universe does what I tell it to, whether it's good or bad. It, it just does. Mm -hmm. If I feel like shit, the universe is like, really, you want that? But all right, here you go. Mm -hmm. I feel great about myself. I, I put forth my best effort. I act and behave in alignment with who I'm designed to be in this lifetime. And the universe brings me that. The universe says, okay, you're vibrating really high. Let's bring you some good stuff. Mm. I, I know it to be true. Mm. I know it to be true. And every time I act in that knowing and that faith and that alignment with who I am, I have never been wrong. Mm. Not one time when I have done things in my most integrated person of integrity, mm. the outcomes have never been wrong for me. They may have been surprising. <laughs> they may, may have been like, really? I deserve that? All right, let's let's go. <laughs> but they've never been wrong. And so I know for a fact that the universe always acts in my best alignment, always. Oh, that's awesome. And I love how you actually took ownership and responsibility for that. Like you were like, it will align with what I believe. Mm -hmm. So, and, and yes, that is hundred percent true. And there's also this other piece that I like to look at, like the, the places or the things that you, you were challenged with in your life. Can you see that they all worked out for your, for good, that they all worked out for yes in your favor. And yes, there is. And I learned that lesson. Um, I have been learning that lesson for, and I can tell you 30 almost 34 years um, because, oh, a puppy. <laughs> um, I know that now, now what I, here's what I don't say to you. And I want to, I want to, I want to be sensitive to this. I get annoyed when people say everything works out for the best mm -hmm. bullshit. It doesn't always work out for the best. It doesn't feel like it works out for the best. Mm -hmm. What I will say is it always works out to your ultimate good. Mm. ultimate is the key word. Yeah. It may not be the best at the moment, but right. it is to your ultimate good because mm. every lesson that you learn, every insight that you gain, every new relationship you cultivate or whatever it is as a result of the things that have been challenging for you ultimately contribute to your best mm. self, mm -hmm. you know, and it feels like crap when you feel like crap and someone says, Oh, it's going to work out for the best. You don't know. You don't know no. how it's going to work out. Right. But what you do know is that it's going to change. And that's mm -hmm. something I've been talking about a lot lately. Um, I've talked about on the podcast, in social media, mm -hmm. because I'm going through a bunch of stuff myself. And I'm reminding myself this a lot. 
is that the situations that can feel the most overwhelming and discouraging and just beat down hard are all temporary. Mm -hmm. I, it, it will change. That is a universal fact. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's going to get better. I don't know if it's going to get worse mm -hmm. before it gets better. What I do know is that it will change. And if you can hang on for the change and manage through the small iterations of change, mm -hmm. things ultimately move to your best good. Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you for clarifying that. That's a, yeah, sure. that's what I meant. That's a great way to put it. So, um, Amy, we like we mentioned before, we have um, the Encourage Project. Thank you so much for this conversation. I one of the things I I loved. I read in your bio. You said you were a comedian. That's that was one of the <laughs> I things was. I always do that. That's awesome. <laughs> but was. on your bucket list, the next one, next thing is the harmonica. Tell me about yes. that. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I've been a musician my whole life. Um, mm -hmm. I play the piano, the sax, the guitar. I've played the clarinet. Um, there's always some instrument that I want to learn how to play. And the harmonica is the most portable, tiniest thing you could take anywhere. And I love to travel and I've always, you know, so I want to learn how to play the harmonica. I, the last thing I learned was learning how to tap dance. And so now I want to learn how to play the harmonica. <laughs> oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. <laughs> well, Amy, if anyone would like to learn more about you, where can they find you? Oh, they can go to theencourageproject.com. You can find me on Instagram at the underscore encourage underscore project. And you can always send me a note. I love getting notes. You can send me an email to hello at theencourageproject.com. Mm, I love that. Well, thank you for the gift that you are, Amy. Really, you um, encourage me and encourage oh, so you. many others. And I'm just so grateful that you chose to be here today and thank you. that you are on the planet. Oh, my friend, thank you so much. It's just been such a joy and an honor, and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Bye.